Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to mini episode number 283 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from March the 19th, 2023. And story number one comes from Anonymous. I've chosen to tell this story anonymously, not because I don't stand by my own account, but because the experiences it describes turned out not to be mine alone. And I wish to respect those other people's privacy. As a trigger warning, I must mention that it includes terminal illness and the death of loved ones. So if that feels too raw for anyone listening, please give this story a miss. Back in the mid-1980s, I was a 20-something student, finishing up my postgraduate research at a red brick university in the UK Midlands. I was also planning my wedding to my long-term, long-distance boyfriend, which was happening at the end of that summer. My fiancé made the 200-mile round trip down to see me pretty much every weekend, and having exhausted pretty much every entertainment that the small town had to offer after three years there, we decided to go along to a psychic fair, held just a few miles away. The fair turned out to be a popular event, in a typical village hall. There were stalls selling candles, crystals and tarot cards, people offering psychic readings of various kinds, and the whole place was pungent with the scent of Nag Shampa. At the far end of the room, there was a kitchen hatch where elderly ladies were selling tea and cake and a table where visitors were encouraged to buy raffle tickets to win prizes donated by the stall holders, angel figurines, coloured tea lights, crystal balls and the like. It soon became clear that this was much more my thing than my fiancé's. After a quick circuit of the stalls together, I suggested that he go queue for some refreshments while I had a bit of a browse. While making our way around the room the first time, I felt very drawn to a middle-aged man and a woman, each standing with their eyes closed behind a member of the public seated on a plastic chair, and who were tracing shapes in the air around that person's head and shoulders. A laminated sign propped up on a table next to them announced, Spiritual Healing, Donations Welcome. Having seen my partner do an eye roll as we passed, I had felt embarrassed to step forward. So the TQ thing was really a ruse to get rid of him for a few minutes. Luckily, a chair became free as I returned to the stand, and so I happily accepted their invitation to sit down. With a warm smile and a welcome from both healers, I followed their instructions to simply close my eyes, to relax, and then to receive. I had no idea which of the two of them was doing the hand-waving behind me, but I kid you not, within seconds I was infused with such a trippy feeling of peace and bliss and began what might be described as an out-of-body experience. 
The bustling sounds of the selling room and the wailed sounds from a stall holder's cassette player swiftly faded away and I totally went somewhere else. I've no idea where, but a place of infinite calm and happiness where I was no longer aware of having a physical body. I have never experienced anything like it before and, to be honest, I've not felt anything quite so powerful since. Eventually, when some minutes that I honestly couldn't measure had passed, I felt a gentle hand on my shoulder and heard one of the healers firmly inviting me back into the room. Smiling, but looking a little concerned, they said that for a few moments there they had worried that I didn't want to come back to this reality. By this time, my fiancé was standing alongside me again, one eyebrow raised in bemusement, our coffees and cake in hand, so I thanked the couple, quickly gave them a donation, collected their flyer and moved on. Intrigued by my experience, I later read the leaflet that I had picked up. It transpired that the kind healing couple also organised talks on various esoteric subjects, and one was coming up nearby that involved a session with a psychic medium. On the appointed evening, a midweek Thursday, and so without my cynical boyfriend in tow, I rolled up to a different community hall, this time in town. I bought my ticket on the door, along with more of the obligatory raffle tickets, and then joined about 20 to 30 other people, sitting on rows of chairs that were placed facing the front of the room. The healing couple stood at the front, acting as the evening's MCs and once the clock reached five minutes past the advertised start time, they warmly introduced the medium. He was an ordinary-looking man who looked to be in his early 40s, with a receding hairline and an acceptable-in-the-80s patterned jumper, and with nothing outward to hint at his alleged ability to communicate with the dead. Without any fanfare, the medium began addressing the people in the audience, and describing various characters that he said he could hear talking to him, or could actually see in spirit. He gave details of their physical appearance, dropping in initials or first names, and asked if anyone present recognised the communicant, and could take the message. Various people put their hands up, sometimes for the same messages as someone else, and anxious and even irritated glances would be exchanged between them. Eventually, after a bit more probing by the medium, one of them would have to concede that a particular communication was not for them after all, and when that happened, their disappointment was palpable. A fair part of the time, the medium claimed to know exactly who in the audience he should approach next, directed by the visiting spirit, saying things like, I'm being told to go to the back row. Lady with the blue scarf, I feel I'm with you. There would then follow details that the person would either readily accept or would be asked to check with family when back home. All in all, a bit of a win-win situation really, at least from the medium's perspective. Now, an aunt of mine had passed away within the previous couple of years, and though we weren't really close, I was there with the expectation that if communication with the dead was in any way real, and if the medium came to me at all, then my auntie Bet would be the most likely spirit to come through. So when the medium gestured in my direction and confidently declared, I'm with the young woman in the second row, I was primed for him to describe an older lady with a polyamorous love life that no one in the family openly spoke about and who had sadly passed away in her mid-sixties from lung cancer, leaving behind her husband and her lover to continue in contented cohabitation. Instead, the medium announced that he had an elderly gentleman with him, somewhat old-fashioned in dress, short in stature and with something wrong with his left leg. 
The old man was insisting that he wished to communicate with me and was there to bring comfort in a situation of deep sadness. Feeling a bit awkward and with the whole room's attention on me, I sheepishly admitted that I had no idea who this gentleman might be. I explained that I was looking forward to finishing my studies, to marrying my fiancé that summer and moving to our own home together, and that this was a happy time in my life, so... With apologies, I couldn't relate at all to the condition of sadness that the spirit was insisting had drawn him to me. Nonetheless, the medium remained adamant that the communication was for me. Not wanting to spoil the vibe of the evening and sensing the impatient eyes of the other punters behind me boring into my back, I thanked him and the elderly gentleman and said I would take the message and ponder on it. And satisfied with this, the medium swiftly moved on to someone else. Just a couple of weeks later, I received the terrible news that my sister's husband, Joe, had been diagnosed with end-stage pancreatic cancer. He had been experiencing symptoms for several months, but these had been dismissed by doctors as something minor. On receiving the news, I travelled straight home to support my sister, who lived a couple of hundred miles away, and to visit my brother-in-law in in hospital. It was a major shock to see this towering, larger-than-life extrovert of a man already so frail and weak, and it felt heartbreakingly poignant when he expressed his trust that the doctors could fix him up in time to dance with me at my wedding. In the 1980s, the medical profession would often not tell a patient their prognosis, believing that it was in their best interests to be unaware of what was ahead but my poor sister knew that her husband didn't have long. And it was clear to all of us, apart from Joe himself, that he wasn't ever going to leave the hospital again. Sadly, Joe died in early July, just three weeks after his diagnosis and just two months before my wedding. Naturally, Joe's loss hit my sister very hard and to complicate matters, there was some sensitivity around the funeral arrangements. My brother-in-law had been a lapsed Catholic who no longer held any religious beliefs and my sister wished to honour that. However, Joe's birth family originally came from the Republic of Ireland and it followed that the rites of passage that their relative would receive really, really mattered to them. Feeling torn but with compassion winning over, my sister deferred to her mother-in-law's wishes and though she had never been fully accepted by Joe's family, simply because she was their son's second wife after his first marriage ended in divorce. She and Joe's mum worked closely together on the funeral planning. Perhaps not surprisingly, during one of my visits back home, between Joe's diagnosis and his passing, I had disclosed to my sister what the medium had told me. Neither of us could identify the old gentleman, but the condition of deep sadness that he had come to bring comfort around had so devastatingly happened. With some trepidation and not really knowing if communication with the dead was something that a devout Catholic lady could countenance at all, my sister decided to share my experience with her mother-in-law. My sister picked her moment carefully, waiting until there was just the two of them. On hearing what the medium had said, her mother-in-law gasped, stared fixedly at my sister for a few seconds, then burst out in both hysterical laughter and broken sobs. Tears streaming down her face, she cried out. Oh, that was my Paddy. He had come to take Joe home. The elderly gentleman that the medium had described, very small in height, and not at all like 
his six feet plus tall son, very old-fashioned in his ways and manner of dress and with something wrong with his left leg, which my sister then learned had caused him to walk with a limp in life, was instantly recognised by her mother-in-law. It was her late husband, Joe's father, who neither my sister or I had ever seen in photographs and who had died some years before Joe and my sister had even met. Looking back on that whole experience, I like to think that my feeling so especially drawn to the healers that day of the psychic fair, that transcendental experience which lit me up like a beacon in an alternate realm and which then led to that second uncanny experience with the psychic medium were all somehow destined to happen so that my bereaved sister and her elderly mother-in-law, a lady that I had never met, could find some hope and comfort within the desperately sad loss of their husband and son. I'm not entirely sure why, but I found that story very emotional. And I would like to say anonymous, it was very beautifully written, just as an aside. Uh, First of all, I want to go to one of these psychic fairs. Um, I know Sinead went to one recently. There was one in Canterbury. And I just, I I, I feel like I need to go you know, I love that sort of stuff, being healed with people waving their hands around you, whatever. And obviously, it did something for you, Anonymous, because you sort of went to an alternate universe and they were a bit like, oh shit, is she going to, she going to come back? Are we going to, she going to be stuck there? That actually freaks me out a little bit, to be honest. I try not to think about things in terms of like, things happen for a reason and fate and destiny and all that stuff because it just freaks me out and I think too much about it and I get all existential and nihilistic about it and then I don't know which end of me is up. However, it does seem like all of these things aligned so that you could give comfort to your sister and your sister's mother-in-law. And I, like I always say, I am quite on the fence about psychics. I have visited quite a number of psychics in my time. And I've I've been to an event similar to what Anonymous described that was in a spiritualist church and it was a psychic event. And like that, there was a lot of throwing things out to the audience and it made me laugh when you described it as two people going for the same message and you could almost feel the tension of like, don't you fucking steal my message. And I felt like there was a lot of people there who needed closure and comfort and some of them got that and I imagine some of them didn't. But I just find it so strange that you sat and got this message and, and I I absolutely know that feeling of, uh, no, this this actually isn't, I don't, I don't resonate with any of this stuff, but having to be polite and go, thank you, I'll, I'll think about it or I'll go and check with my family or whatever. How bizarre that you're brother-in-law's father was so accurately described and in a way it's so good that you had had that experience previously and that your sister's mother-in-law was able to take comfort from it and to be able to feel like Joe's father had been able to come and collect him. Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Answering number two comes from Travis. Now, Travis wrote in in mini episode 281 and I didn't realize they had sent a kind of addendum afterwards via email and I missed it so I'm adding it to this episode and just to kind of refresh your memory a little bit. In episode 281 Travis wrote in to say that his family had moved into this mobile home on some land for really cheap and weird things start happening like a book would fly across the counter that had been used for keeping the window open that an old woman um, would come into his room and turn the lights off. In later years He was 21 and was living in this trailer with other roommates and uh, one of the roommates had scratches when they woke up and then there was like a, a wetness in the carpet that they couldn't figure out. There was no reason for when Travis looked in the mirror, they saw a face that they believed wasn't theirs. They saw the hat man standing in the exhaust of their car and then they saw a or their friends at least saw like a version of them which (laughs) freaked me right out so I think that covers kind of all the main points of Travis's uh, story in mini episode 281 so let's get into it so just a short addendum after sending you my story my 13 year old told me he has been experiencing seeing his face but not his face in the mirror since I have also experienced a few things at my girlfriend's house a little girl in 1800 Sunday dress all white staring at the house from where there apparently used to be a swing set and I hear her walking and banging all night from upstairs. I once got up to tell my kids to quiet down only to discover they were asleep. She told me it's just her ghost and she has learned to live with it. Also I recently saw her basement for the first time and was shocked to see I already knew what it looked like. I had dreamed about it several years ago. Only in my dream I was running for my life from something I couldn't see. Welcome back, Travis. I see that you are still experiencing some pretty horrendous and um, terrifying paranormal experiences. I mean, is it significant that your son is experiencing the same thing that you did, that looking in the mirror and not seeing your own face? Is that is that significant? What does that mean? I, I, I have no idea. Equally, I know I'm always starting paranormal petitions on this podcast. Can we start a paranormal petition to just ban little girls in Victorian clothes? Like, go away. Go do something else other than banging around and running around upstairs when people are trying to sleep. The swing set is gone, Lucy, okay? The swing set is no more. It is not for you. It is for the living. So please go elsewhere. Follow the light or whatever it is that ghosts need to do. And as for your basement dream, that's very freaky. That would give me the heebie-jeebies. I struggle when I have deja vu. and So I don't know what I'd be feeling if I were down to the basement and I was like, oh, I've seen this before. 
It was in that terrible dream where I was being chased by something that I couldn't see. Keep us updated, Travis. Hopefully you're still okay. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I would really appreciate it if you could vote for Real Life Ghost Stories in the Listener's Choice Award of the British Podcast Awards. I'm sorry if if this uh, message about voting has been repeated. I'm trying to like create a little advert type thing about voting that I can kind of just cascade onto all of the old podcast episodes. So hopefully it'll work. And if I have done it, I'm sorry if this message is repeated and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to hear it all the time, Emma. But if you could vote, that'd be great. Um, It's really great advertising. And uh, Real Life Ghost Stories is an indie podcast. I, I do everything myself. And um, I'd really love it to be able to come second this year. Last year, Real Life Ghost Stories came third. And I was really really incredibly proud of that and so grateful to everybody but I'm super competitive you know I want to I want to come second I want to I want to get there so if you could vote for real life ghost stories in the British Podcast Awards listener's choice that'd be great you have to verify your vote by email it only takes a couple of seconds and you can do I think one vote per email so it would just be great if you could vote and the link is in the description of this episode thank you so much for listening thank you to Anonymous and Travis for sending in your stories remember if you would like to send in your story you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com you can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and if you are desperate for some extra spooky content you can sign up to our Patreon that is patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories where for $5 a month or $2 a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.